This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Campus in Lakeville, Minnesota. If you're interested in learning more about our church, go to Bethlehem.church forward slash south. Brothers, welcome. Nick, you were gone, right? I was sick. Sick. You were sick last week. Remember last time when we did the podcast and I thought that Dave was gone and he actually wasn't gone? Mm. That was embarrassing. Should have a shared calendar <laughs> or something, guys. Supplies. We should yeah, do a shared calendar. It'd be good. It's interesting. Just, okay, who wanders in on these particular podcasts? Uh, so, guys, random question of the day. Do either of you have idiosyncratic oh, mannerisms about you that you wish that you would just not do? Or maybe, you know what, Dave, you and Nick, you guys have known each other a while. Why did you mention each other's idiosyncratic ways as like just something that you wish the other person wouldn't do? Go ahead. <clears throat> Stop it. I, <laughs> Nick, anytime he uh, is, a, as he's been thinking now, about- the whole church is going <laughs> to- Yeah, listen for it. Oh, like 50 or 60 people. If you go back and listen to, to his sermon he recently <laughs> preached, you'll, you, well, he doesn't do it when he's uh, you know talking a long time or preaching or teaching, but if you're in a meeting- and he's been thinking if about it's some, a group setting, and I need to talk. And he's been think, but he's been thinking about what he wants to say for a while. He uh, he does a throat a throat clear, and you just know no one else talks because Nick's getting ready to go in. <laughs> there were a couple others back from our time in in Albert Lee that I I feel that like he made I, me so self conscious about that I no longer do them. I feel like I was. <laughs> that's not a fair way to say it. I I don't agree with that assessment. I helped him overcome, ah. be, become more effective. Okay, great. I probably have some too, though. You can say them. Uh, or I can tell you one of them. What is it? I say right at the end of things a lot. Yeah, you do do that. Um, sometimes when someone asks you a question and it's a kind of a hard question and you have to answer, you start with kind of a sigh well. So like, <laughs> well. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah. And that's just how you get into it. I'm just buying myself time. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> just I'm just buying myself five seconds to pray. Daniel has none, though. No, Daniel has no idea. <laughs> We're here to uh, talk about. If you have it, never mind. No, you do. When that's you, when fine. you, no, no, no. When you, when you pray in groups. <laughs> <laughs> The prayer voice? You have a very specific prayer voice <laughs> that gets very low and very, very somber and, and almost like you're not talking. It's very earnest. Yes. Very earnest. So that's one for Daniel. <laughs> he doesn't get out of this just because he asked the question. That's fine. That's an <laughs> idiosyncratic thing, I suppose, that I embrace and will continue to get my voice really low. Wonderful. Well, it's not like that. Like that was your radio voice. That is like it's my radio voice <laughs> with a face like this. What anyway. else could I do but radio? All right, control your podcast, Daniel. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Uh, we're continuing this series on Truth on Fire, and we did an episode on, uh, or actually, you guys did. I think it was mm-hmm. gone. Principles of Biblical Interpretation did one on biblical theology. And now we're doing one on systematic theology. That's today's. Yeah. Nick, why that progression? 
Yeah, well, so that was actually going to be one of the questions I was going to ask. Um, <clears throat> so that's how we did do it in Truth on Fire. We started with principles of biblical interpretation. How do you properly read and interpret the text, no matter what genre of the Bible you're in? And then biblical theology, which is tracing the storyline, seeing redemption progress, culminating in Christ and his work. And then systematic theology, um, and I'll, I guess we can define what it is in a second, but that is a discipline that takes the good work of interpreting the Bible and then identifying where things are in the storyline of the Bible. And those things are necessary to create proper systematic categories. So systematic theology, at least in my view, has to flow from good interpretation and understanding the progression of scripture. Otherwise you're gonna get some systematic categories wrong in your conclusions. Can you give me an example of that? Well, let's, can we define- Of, of wrong. Well, sure, define Can we define it? what systematic define theology systematic is? Define systematic theology first. and then give me an example of what you just talked about and that progression going awry. Go ahead. Yeah, so <clears throat> I would define, and you guys can nuance this if you want, but systematic theology is taking um, all that the, ha the Bible has to say about a certain subject and basically it's called systematic theology because you systematize it. You put it- into a, you, you categorize it and you say, this is what the Bible has to say. And this is what we believe about that certain subject. So for example, uh, systematic theology uh, has like a category of, you know, what it, the nature of the word of God, right? So what does the Bible have to teach us about what the word of God is? What is it? You know, and you go through and you systematize it and you come up with a, this is what we believe. Um, or there's like the doctrine of God, right? His attributes, everything that the Bible has to say about God's character. Um, the Trinity, that's a systematic category. You take everything that the Bible has to say about that. And those conclusions that you come to, um, again, have to be built on correct interpretation. And they have to be, that interpretation has to arise from the correct, you know, place in the, in progressive revelation in the storyline of the Bible. Or, you're going to get your conclusions in systematic theology wrong. Example. Um, <clears throat> well, so one that we would, I mean, I think the guys in this room would say would be wrong is um, like a view of uh, baptism that says that we should baptize babies, right? And it, to us, what, what what are you making that face for? I'm just trying to throw you off. Keep going. So we believe that you baptize believers, and that's based on not only our interpretation of specific texts, but how we view um, the covenants progressing, right? And so those, our friends who would be faithful, you know, paedo-baptists who would baptize babies would have a different reading, a biblical theological reading of how the covenants fit together, which causes them to come to a conclusion of what they believe systematically about the doctrine of baptism. And so that flows directly from their biblical theological reading. Okay. So that's, a, that's one that comes to the top of my mind. Yeah, there are so probably to, others. Yeah, so to phrase it, um, or to come at it from a little bit of a different angle, like the, the progression of scripture is such that if you're looking at particular texts with particular promises or contexts or situations, right, and you are lifting those out of those contexts and moving them into our own without any kind of um, 
awareness of where they're at. Mm-hmm. What you're going to do is you're going to misapply the scripture. You're going to, um, if Israel was uh, designed to be God's hand of judgment on the Amorites, that's mm-hmm. in a couple weeks. That's just in Genesis 15. The sins of the Amorites are not yet filled up. Uh, you could take things from the context in Genesis or from the law and apply it to the church today. Like mm-hmm. there's ways in which we ought be violent, et cetera. Right. And there are some Christian groups, uh, or we'd say actually they're not Christian, mm-hmm. cult-like groups that would take it that way. Dave, you've been a silent partner since uh, pointing out the idiosyncratic nature of our friend's uh, uh, speech patterns. Uh, why don't you, what's another example of like, this can go awry in this way. If you, uh, if you're not careful in go, moving from biblical theology, interpretation to biblical theology to systematic theology. Uh, another example that I would cite that's maybe, um, like a more modern example would be, uh, the doctrine in some Pentecostal circles, for example, that, uh, to be saved, to be Christian, you need to have a, a second baptism or an experience of speaking in tongues. Right. And again, I think that would um, <clears throat> that would flow from taking a text or two and pulling it out and making conclusions. Um, whereas, really, uh, you would want to look at the progression of what is salvation throughout the whole Bible. Where does it come from? What is it dependent on? You want to look at that in. Uh, Genesis. You want to look at that in the, you know, the law, the prophets, the writings, the gospels, uh, the, you know, the narrative and acts, the epistles, and you're going to look at all those things in their context and make your case for here's what salvation is, and here how, here's how it's been seen throughout the story of the Bible. It's also going to be related to to how you see uh, the work of the Holy Spirit right throughout the Bible, and so there there's ways too where you can. Um, not only can you misapply one category, but you can actually kind of do uh, what I would call inappropriate cross-contamination of your categories that get you to yeah. funny places if you're not looking first at how do we interpret the Bible, how does the storyline talk about it, and how do we... A, a way to think about it would be systematic theology, you're kind of putting together the puzzle pieces to give you a clear category, but if you don't do that right, or you put you put the pieces in the wrong places, or you don't have all the pieces, your puzzle is going to be confusing. Yep, incomplete. I think we're getting that here, kind of like what the strengths and the weaknesses are of yeah. systematic theology. Yep. So a weakness that we've been talking about is it can be prone to something some people call like proof texting. Yep. yep. You know, where you just lift verses out of their context and you say, well, this verse says this and this verse says this, so the doctrine must be this, right? But if you do that without properly interpreting and placing those verses in their proper context first, then your conclusion is going to be wrong. So that's a danger and maybe a weakness of uh, something that systematic theology is prone to. A strength, though, is that if you do those initial steps right, right. you get a clear picture Yep of what the Bible is teaching. So for example, like the Trinity, there's all sorts of stuff that the Bible says about the nature of God, the different persons, the deity of Christ and the Holy Spirit. 
And if you do systematic theology right and you put it all together, then you get um, as clear a picture as we humans can have of this is who our God is. And really, you know, the Trinity, a Trinitarian God is what separates us from all other, you know, religions that would claim some sort of, um, you know, Genesis in the Bible, like mm-hmm. even like Judaism mm-hmm. or Islam or Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons or things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so it has a huge strength of like, we're going to put this all together mm-hmm. and this is what the whole Bible teaches. But you have to make sure that you're doing the work up front to make sure that those verses are coming from the right places in the right context. Right. Good. right. So what are the areas that systematic theology covers? You guys know what the classic areas are. Uh, um, there's the doctrine of God. Doctrine of man. Doctrine of man. Doctrine of the Bible. Yep. Um, how do you, what's the one, is there just the doctrine of Christ or is that the doctrine of Christology? Christology. Christology. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So theology proper, uh, namely theos is God. Mm-hmm. So, uh, theology about God and typically the way that works out in systematic theologies is like God, the father, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. theology proper Christology, pneumatology. Yep. So doctrine of the Holy spirit. Soteriology. Soteriology. Yep. Doctrine of salvation. Doctrine of man is anthropology. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have ecclesiology, the doctrine of the church. Daniel's favorite. Eschatology, <laughs> doctrine of the end times. Maybe also my favorite. Uh, angelology, mm-hmm. the doctrine of kind of a middle theology that's not about what's created here in the physical realm or about God, but about what the beings that inhabit kind of the middle realm um, there of heaven. Is that eight different areas? Mm-hmm. There's one more that mm-hmm. I'm missing, and I can't remember. Well, isn't it, it the is. isn't it the the Bible one? Bibliology, Bi- yeah. bibliology. Yeah. So doctrine, um, you know about um, yeah the 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 scriptures and how God communicates. I think those are the nine classic areas. Some other um, theological disciplines bring in other things, but the so a systematic theology is attempting to take in those big, broad areas mm-hmm. and say, this is what the Bible teaches about all of it. And different ways of systematizing the Bible seek to harmonize different parts of you know, the Bible in various ways. So uh, is there a, I don't, they're all important, right? Uh, what do you think? What are? <laughs> yeah, what do you think we emphasize here in systematic theology a lot here at Bethlehem? Well, I mean, we, we emphasize, there are things that all true churches throughout all time rightly emphasize. So for example, the Trinity, you know, um, but I, I think we have certain distinctives that uh, we probably major on that other maybe faithful churches don't as much. Um, so it's such as, yeah. So, I mean, we make a lot about um, for example, uh, we're kind of a Reformed Baptist, so we take the um, in in our soteriology we emphasize God's sovereignty. So we emphasize soteriology and God's um, control over that a lot. Um, I mean, in the doctrine of God, we strongly believe and preach that all things are for God's glory. So we emphasize. That, that would fall under the doctrine of God, theology proper. Yeah. Um, and I think at the South Campus, especially recently, we're really emphasizing ecclesiology 
and what it means to be a church, blood-bought family, and what does a church do? How should we function? Yeah, good. Dave, are there areas that you'd say, I see you scrolling, that we uh, emphasize, or I was going to specifically ask you, areas that we perhaps don't emphasize that perhaps we could grow in, but whatever it is that you wanted to say, you're the lead pastor for preaching and vision. So <laughs> as always, I defer to you. Oh man. Uh, I was going to mention that the one I, I was thinking we missed one other one and we did miss Hamardiology. Oh, so, doctrine of sin. Doctrine of yeah, sin. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if, I don't know if we emphasize or don't emphasize any, I'd say it's more where you land on how you emphasize. So like, Pneumatology, the study of the Holy Spirit, we're continuationists, so we believe the gifts of the Spirit continue. Um, I hope Christology is readily on the front of our minds. How do we see Christ here, and how do we emphasize his worth and his glory? Um, anthropology, I think in Hamartiology, and they're intertwined in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, Even if you think of the recap we just did, we're talking about, hey, here's, let's see our hearts. Let's see our sinful tendencies. Let's see who God is in keeping his promises. Let's see how this relates to Christ and how it relates to the church. Um, and, how, and then we went all the way to Revelation and talked about where is this all leading. So you can, you know, in that in that sermon, that's, you know, seven of them. I don't think we talked about angels, but we've talked about that. <laughs> we've talked about that in Genesis in some funky ways and demons. Uh, demonology is another one that we've talked about that. So yeah, yeah. hopefully if we're preaching through the word, the categories organically come up and it's probably more we have our particular understandings of the Bible that shape what we say, but I think we're I, th- I think we're fairly balanced in how we bring them to the table regularly. Yeah. Sometimes did, you, I th- did you have something in mind? Yeah, I mean, I didn't, but just as uh, I'm hearing you guys and thinking about it, I do think that perhaps a combination of pneumatology with angelology, kind of a middle theology of a spiritual realm, just something that generally Protestant churches, um, so because of perhaps um, some overemphasis tending towards superstition and maybe a Roman Catholic background, or uh, to Dave's point, uh, perhaps some abuses and more of a Pentecostal streams of Christianity about the gifts of the spirit or about the nature of angels and demons. Um, there's places where perhaps we don't teach as often, or it doesn't seem to be as um, major a thing. And yet, um, you know, certainly the doctrine of the Holy spirit and who the Holy spirit is and the way that he provides for believers as the indwelling presence of the triune God presently for us. Um, you know, uh, we, we are emphasizing that in as much as it relates to the Christian life. And I think there's perhaps some undiscovered country uh, to some degree when we think about a middle theology of spiritual beings and things like that Mm. that uh, doesn't need to veer into speculation. There's plenty in the Bible about it, which I do think at times Christians, maybe evangelical Christians, maybe particularly those uh, more associated with Pentecostalism um, are, are quicker to go outside Scripture and speculate in a way that actually is determinative for their Christian life. Um, you know, there's, it was years and years ago, but, uh, I remember, uh, kind of my first foray into Christianity. There was a, a series of books written by a, a popular, 
uh, Christian author about spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. And in one of the first church settings I was ever in, um, the way that their prayer groups formed and talked about angels and demons was deeply informed by these works of fiction about the ways that angels and demons warred against each other in the spiritual realm, which we have just a few hints about in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly no novel length treatments. So um, I don't know. Maybe we should have a uh, a seminar on uh, angels and demons. Maybe we should do a podcast on how fiction books can uh, unnecessarily shape theology. There's oh. a, several examples of that happening. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's uh, absolutely true. So I was about to say some snarky about one, but I'll not do that. Mm. Trying to exercise self-control. Good for you. Anything else about systematic theology, you'd say broadly, guys? Nope. Brothers, thanks for joining me and talking about this. soon on demonology your pastoring out loud podcast on understanding demons what do you think guys sure oh gosh october 30 (laughs) okay all right we're done